Hello. Hey, y'all. I've got my friend Ingrid Sandin here today to talk to me about Best Podcast. We did this last year. It was very fun. And Ingrid and I are good friends. And I call her my momager because she's always helped me out with all my podcast stuff. So she came over today to discuss our top five, maybe six podcasts of 2019. So if you didn't catch any of these, um, some of them you would have caught here on Pain in the Pod. But if you didn't catch the other ones, Ingrid's got some great ones too. So hello, Ingrid. Thank you for coming. Hi, thanks for having me once again. This is great. So we're here with my new puppy um, who's dead asleep next to me. And if I sound tired, it's because I am. And uh, maybe by the time this comes out in a couple of weeks, I'll be well-rested. That dog will be trained in a couple of weeks. That's right. She's cute though, right? She's adorable. She's a sweet nugget. Okay. A pile of fur. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. I'm going to... I'm going to go through mine. So last year we didn't tell each other. No, we didn't. We didn't. And we did pretty good. Mm-hmm. We had a very separate mm-hmm. list. This year we have some crossover, but that's okay. Because I did. I think I made a list of one, two, three. Oh, I only did five. Mm-hmm. I followed my own directions. Good. I did five as well, but I've got some bonus ones okay, for the right. end. All right. Well, then you're better than me. Okay, fine. All right. So the first one I'm going to say, and these are not in order of the ones that I think is the best podcast of the year, but one of the ones that I enjoyed the most was Room 20. And that was um, Joanne Ferrion did that one. So she's with the LA Times. Oh, yes. And she is super interesting. She's the one that was doing a story about um, end-of-life care and people that are in these long-term facilities. So why she was doing research for an article. And it just sort of all came spurned off from her mother's dying, and she decided she wanted to look into this, you know, as like a real actual journalist. Mm -hmm. And she started spending a lot of time in this one particular long care facility, like what I would say nursing home, but the section she was in, all the people were like, comatose. And every day they had to be, you know, suctioned and all these horrible things, but they're like half awake, kind of terrible. So her story starts, it's called Room 20 because that was the name of the guy. He was in Room 20. Mm -hmm. And it turns out his name was, I think, like Ignacio. But she just did like some very light investigative work to find out his name. They called him for 15 years, 66 Garage. Because when they found him. He had on a t-shirt that said 66 Garage. So for 15 years, his name was 66 Garage. No one did any research to... To make him a person. To make him a person. So she went in and just with some very easy, light work, she figured out his name, his whole family, where his current family lives that did not ever know what happened to him. Because some are um, in the States and some are in Mexico. And of course, with the immigration the way it is, like some, of course, can't come visit him even if they're just coming from Ohio because they're afraid. Sure. It just the whole story was incredible. And then there was sort of that moment where she thought like, gosh, you know, he can hear me. And she's playing music and she would see his hand move. And then the story turned into the guy in the bed next to that. And his story, the whole thing was just completely unbelievable. I need to leave and immediately start <laughs> listening to that podcast. That's fascinating. And because it's not really in my wheelhouse of like reality TV or murder mm-hmm. or, you know, I kind of this year. But in a weird way, Mary Payne, it is like a true crime. Right. It's, it's a mystery. A, it's a mystery and it's a crime what happened to that guy. Right. Based on what I've heard from you just now. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Um, fascinating. Wow. Great reporting too, I'm sure. The LA Times has um, some some really, really well-reported stories and podcasts. Yeah, I mean, she just like took off like two, three years of her life to report this story. And it was so fascinating to me about this. It's just like, I know I've used the word fascinating six times, but it is because she took off all these years of her life to basically write an article and do a podcast. And it comes out and it's what, six episodes? And you're like, I worked on this for three years. I guess that's how people feel when they put out a movie, right? Like you work on it for three, four years, five years, 10 years, and it comes out and it's an hour and a half. And you're like, well... I, done with that. I guess so, but in a weird way too. I I think that there's something gratifying, particularly about journalists, because they do have a finished product right. at the end of their two or three years. Um, and I think a lot of people are missing that in their current jobs. Um, yeah. That finished product feeling is one that keeps you keeps you motivated and telling people stories. And so, actually, it's it's kind of cool because most of mine. I'm just looking at my list are put out by journalists as well. Like oh, uh-huh. traditional print print journalists and and you know maybe some some broadcast journalists, but okay, so tell me your um So, your I, these are one. in really no order either. Um but keeping on the LA 
theme. One of mine is To Live and Die in L.A., which was um, reported by Neil Strauss and a team, of course. And it's a story about a woman called Adea Shabani, and she disappeared in L.A. She's an aspiring actress. It's kind of a long story to get into to try to explain on the podcast mm. here, but but what was fascinating about this story, not only was the reporting was fantastic, the chain of events that unfolded, and then also that it was taking place almost in real time. Right. So Neil would have to almost delay a podcast by a week because something new was happening with this case. Right. And um, the the twists, the twists and turns in this thing were unbelievable. It was crazy because he had, uh, you know, a guy that was getting like Google data from the person's phone that they thought had mm-hmm, the cell phone that had killed her, and like going to these exact locations and figuring out how she was murdered, and then it would be like, oh, he, while he was recording, he would get a call. And they're like, I got to go because I got to go to, you know, Denver to meet this other guy who knows more about the murder. And it was literally a wild ride because mm-hmm. it, there's a car chase there's involved a car chase. And, a, and a suicide and a murder. And yeah, it's nuts. And his his storytelling was a little bit dram- dramatic. Uh, I mean, on purpose. But it was a dramatic story. And he was living it moment to moment. It wasn't like yes. he, it happened and he went to a studio and recorded it. It really was dramatic as it was happening. It really was. And he and he got some great access with with the girl's parent, mom yeah. in particular and the way he handled her grief and and confusion and sadness was I thought really really well done. So. You know, and, and what's so interesting about podcasts as opposed to you know, seeing it on a uh, 48 hours or whatever, is you never know what anybody looks like. Exactly. And so in my mind, I always had this vision of what this girl looked like. because She was described, of course, as being just this beautiful, I think she was, she was Persian, mm-hmm. just this what? beautiful, exotic looking woman that, you know, this aspiring actress in LA, and you have to imagine they're a dime a dozen, but she was described so beautifully that I kept thinking like, man, you have to just imagine what her family felt and the the gratitude they felt to this guy for wanting to like look into her case. Cause they, they, they start off by saying beautiful girls go missing in Hollywood all the time. Exactly. And you're like, yeah. excuse me, <laughs> is that a thing? Right. And, it's really interesting. Yeah. And honestly, I kind of felt like this could be a movie. Yeah. There, there's a screenplay in there somewhere. And it's just unfortunate that it's a true story and that these are real people, but I thought that he told their story exceptionally well. So, um, it'll come to me by the end of the time we're talking, but I just talked to somebody. Oh, it was S town, um, mm-hmm. which of course is a, a th- almost now three year old podcast. But when I was talking to Doug Buden about S town, I just sort of did a little light look up. I was trying to send him some articles and things and found out that they are making a movie about that. It's the same guy that did, um, spotlight. You're kidding. Yeah. And nothing is cast or anything, nor mm-hmm. has it any production started because I looked and he was produced in the production for another movie. But I remember thinking like that's going to be very well done. Yes, and it, hopefully it'll come from the it'll come from the perspective of the of the reporter that first started talking to John B. Malcolmore. That's off topic. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. <laughs> so my next one is um, Ear Hustle. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm a huge fan of Ear Hustle. It's been out for years. So if we're talking about one, and I haven't had them on Pain in the Pod, it's not for lack of trying. Um, sometimes people just either don't get back to me or are in production and just literally can't take the 30 minutes because they don't want to get out of their headspace. A lot of these things are like, you know, you don't like to live and die in LA or room 20. They're super serious and they'd rather talk, uh, when they're not in production. So, you know, I, sometimes I take it personally, but ear hustle, um, I've, uh, (laughs) reached out to them quite a bit. Just like, I'm just like anybody. Anybody, anybody, the guard at the prison that opens the door, anybody want to talk to me? Um, Because I'm so obsessed with it. It's so good. So it's produced in San Quentin Prison in California. And it started off with uh, Nigel Poor, who's a woman, was a, a photographer that went in there to just work with the inmates and came up with this idea to do a podcast from inside. And it's unbelievable. I think there's been four or five seasons now and all the episodes are very long. 
all the music is done from inside the prison. All the interviews are done inside the prison. They do now have some that are outside the prison. And the journey of the other host, Erlon Woods, who is the host with literally you're like, this guy's a prisoner. Like he for sure could be a radio host. He's just very personable and great. And the journey of what he has gone through. And what's also interesting is they interview a lot of people. Like if the subject is girlfriends in prison or the subject is how do you celebrate birthdays or the subject is, can you have pets? And, you know, go find the guy in the yard that's like crazy and keeps like, you know, rats as pets or gets a couple of beetles and those are his friends, you know, Mm -hmm. they find, Every little thing, a thing's about homemade food and they, all the people they interview, they'll go, this guy's name is, uh, New York or this guy's name is, you know, wilderness man or whatever. And they talk about the love for the pets or whatever. They'll say he caught a charge. He's in 20 years of life, blah, 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 for, you know, malicious wounding. They never say what happened. They don't give specifics. Mm-mm. And I think that's probably on purpose. I think they're trying to because say the, like, that's not the story. The story right. here is, homemade prison food or, right. or whatever. Listen, I mean, listen to this person who's yes. been in this prison for, has been in this other prison and now this prison is here for 20 years. And l- this is like your brother, your father, your, you know, mm-hmm. your cousin, it's just anybody. And th- I think that what makes it so special is because you really have a different outlook on the prisoners. A lot of them working so hard in the studio, whether they're doing sound production or whatever to learn something that they can use when they hopefully get out. Sure. Yeah. Or, they're doing something that they feel is adding maybe some value to not only their lives but other people's lives outside the prison. Even yeah. even if it means if even if they're never going to get out, and they lot, still and want, mostly they never never hear it. it. Right, they never right. hear the podcast. They can't hear the podcast. Yeah, I think that it, that is another example of really interesting storytelling because they're making a choice. The producers, the hosts, are making a choice to not go into specifics of this person's. If you, crime if you, or yeah, punishment if or whatever. If you find out what he did. You're not going to listen to that story. You're not going to listen to it the same, same way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really um, a really interesting choice on the part of the producers. And I, I and I applaud it. I think, I think I would probably listen to that story differently if I knew what the crime was. Yeah. You do find out eventually, because um, I was just looking here, it, we did just have season four, but the seasons are long and the episodes are long. So it feels like it, like it's been out for forever, but we do find out eventually what Erlon did. He does give his entire story. And uh, I think uh, New York, the, the other co-host, uh, that's his name, New York. Mm-hmm. I think he does eventually also, when they're about to get out or people do get out, then they do tell their entire story. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, remorseful and they're, sure. most of them are grateful that they've learned something, you know, mm-hmm. and some of them are just like, we've been in here forever. We're never getting out. So we don't care, you know? Right. Um, on that uh, positive note, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends you new cartridges, so you never have to think about ink. Save up to 50%. You'll pay less than $5 a month for ink and never run out again. Find out if your printer is eligible and enroll today at hpinstantink.com. Conditions apply. For details, visit hp.com slash Spotify. Okay, y'all, I'm back with Ingrid Sandin, my friend, and we are talking about the top podcast, in our opinion, of 2019. Now, listen, we could each make a list of 20, but I asked her to make a list of five. So we've talked about um, Room 20 and To Live and Die in L.A. and Ear Hustle. All right, what's your next one? So my next one, continuing on with that um, idea of crime and punishment, is, is called 22 Hours, an American Nightmare. Loved it. It's produced by a couple, a, a reporter at WTOP Radio in DC, which has been my favorite radio station for years and years and years. So Megan Cloherty is. But her explain, name. explain to people that don't live here what WTOP is to, oh, to us sure. in this crazy area we live in. Of course, WTOP is an all news station, and <laughs> and on the eights they give you the weather and the mm-hmm. traffic report, which mm-hmm. is incredibly important for people who are commuting. Right, all so. the time. But they do some really hard-hitting, even on the radio, hard-hitting 
in-depth investigations. So at 8.08, when you're in the car, you can listen to see mm-hmm. what the traffic is when you're trying to get downtown and you only have to drive five miles, but it's going to take you an hour and a half. Exactly. So that's kind of the area we live in. So that's why everybody listens to WTOP. And everybody feels like they know Megan Cloherty and, and all the other reporters on this on this station. Right. And her partner in this uh, podcast is Jack Moore. I think they do a really, really great job together. Right. And this story, 22 Hours in American Nightmare, is about a family in Northwest D.C., which is a fancy, fancy area, very expensive homes, mansions. Affluent. Affluent. Um, It's a family that was held captive in their own home. It's a disturbing story because it ends with murder and arson. And it's not only a mother, father, and young son, it's also their housekeeper. And then you find out, too, that there are two daughters who are away at boarding school who have now lost their entire family, entire family, their home. I mean, the story is horrible. And everybody in town really, I think, followed the story. This this podcast is about that story, but also the subsequent investigation and trial of Darren Went, who was the suspect. And it's it's windy and it's sad and it's disturbing. And here's a podcast where you know what the story is. You know how bad the crime was going in. Um, but it still really does make you think about what's going, you know, what what was going through this kid's head, what really happened. What really happened. What was, you know, there's a lot of doubt. There was some doubt in that story, too. I mean, I, I think they just did a really fair job of of telling the story. And they were very delicate as well with the with you know the remaining family and friends of of these people who lived a horrific 22 hours well, I'll tell you what's interesting about that. I interviewed Megan and Jack in the studio, which was you know, I don't get to do that too often and it was so nice to meet them. And what was interesting about that is my boss from a, another job that I work had uh, kids at the same school where the son went and so I, I kind of looked at it and started kind of doing the math and realized it would have been about the same age as one of his sons. So I asked my boss, you know, do you have any like recollection of that time? You know, I'm going to interview these people. And he just flatly said like, nobody should, you know, benefit or make money from this. Like this was a horrible tragedy for the whole community. And, you know, no, I don't want to talk about it. And I don't want to ever, I don't think anybody should comment on it. You know, he was very, so I kind of, from I was glad that I asked him because it really made me flip my perspective as to not like this is a story to flip my perspective of what he must be feeling because that was people that he knew in his son's school very well mm-hmm. and to think what happened, you know, and it really – so when I was talking to them, I asked them, like, what do you think about people in our community that for sure knew these people? Like, how do you report on that? And they said, you know, we – like you just said, we – we do have to report sort of what the facts were that were already out there. And we had to report some uh, things that maybe weren't out there that, you know, some really bad details. Really upsetting things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, they said they tried their hardest to be as delicate as they could because it is, you know, four people Mm -hmm. that were brutally murdered, not to mention, you know, burned, Um, not to mention likely tortured. Mm -hmm. So, I think they did a great job of honoring the victims, but also trying to figure out exactly what happened. And I I can tell you right now, I'm not 100% sure that that guy did it by himself. He was definitely there. But could he have done all that? Could he have done that all by himself? I agree. Right. And I think that that was the point of their story. Mm -hmm. And I, yeah, I still have some doubts about it. I think a podcast in this long form storytelling way is a great tribute to people who aren't with us anymore because of violence or trauma or whatever. Because if they're good journalists, they mm-hmm. take such good care of the story. And they're not glamorizing the They're not glamorizing it. And, yeah. and honestly, the, the housekeeper in this story yeah. was the one that you know, just, the one that was the normal housekeeper right. that they spoke to who her friend was there that day. Her friend was there that day. Her friend worked for them as well, but yeah. but the regular housekeeper said, I can't make it. Can you go? Yeah. She had to go someplace else. And I think the guilt that she must carry is heavy. She had worked for the family like Years. Years, 15, 20 years. Yeah. She and this other girl would go on vacation with them. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, so she lost her best friend. She yeah. lost the family that she know, loved, and I and I think that they did a really lovely job of painting a picture of those two housekeepers and their friendship and the lives that they led outside of the house. You mm, know, the house right. with this family. I, they were real people too, um, not rich and not high profile, but but I thought they did a really nice job. And you know, Megan and Jack obviously are live in this community too, and it really did shake. A lot of people up. It took place the 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 thing happened. The event happened in 2015, I think. It was yeah. And and the trial was just in. It just 18? happened. It just happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think late in 18. And so, anyway, I think you know when a journalist lives in in the neighborhood or in the area where they're telling the story, I think it does actually really help. Right. You're not just, that. you're not mm-hmm. swooping in. Right. Yes, and I I feel that way about. Um, in the dark, the the reporter that went and lived in Mississippi, mm-hmm. and she lived, you know, and now that case is Supreme Court. Yeah, Curtis Flowers, hashtag justice for Curtis. Is that a hashtag? I don't know. Okay, so um, is it my turn? Yes, it is. Okay, I'm I'm doing one of yours, so I'm sorry. That's fine. Um, the shrink next door. So that is a perfect. Actually, I'm really glad you brought that one up next because I think it's a great segue. Because this journalist yeah. was in the middle of this story. Yeah. Didn't mean to be, but ended up being in the middle of it as You're he was ri- reporting it. You're so right about all of these being with journalists. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's crazy. So um, Joe Nocera, of, uh, he was with the New York Times. He's currently with Bloomberg, and he's a writer. So he tells the story of Ike Hirschkoff, a celebrity therapist who lived in the Hamptons. And it's crazy how it starts. He just meets this guy in the Hamptons, you know, who has like a, you know, and Jonas Sarah says like, we have kind of a small house and we live next to another house. It was small-ish. It reminded me kind of of what you hear about old school Hamptons being like. Right. As opposed to the- Billy Joel, Jerry Seinfeld, house. Yeah, right. Billy Joel, yeah. Bethany Frankel houses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. And he's just like, this is just our place. You know, this guy is, you know, 60 years old. He's like, this is like our place that we go. And- um the what he thought was the yard man came over and was like, "Hey, Ike next door is having a party. Wants to invite you. He heard you work, you know, for the New York Times, which would be sort of a big deal if you live in New York and there's a New York Times reporter. That'd be cool. Invite him to our party. He goes to this party. There's celebrities there and all this, and he's like, "Wow, you know, who is this guy?" Then they like build an addition onto the house, and then there's like topiaries and gardens and and like a putting green yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah. And it becomes yeah. like a. He's like, oh, you know, he's like, you know, my wife didn't like it so much because it's like kind of like their little neighborhood had kind of gone a little haywire. Nutty. You know, and then there's pictures of this guy and he's, you know, in his bathing suit. And turns out all these people that were coming to these parties were Ike's patients. And Joe Nocera kind of starts working on this. Well, he's just curious. He's He's digging around. He's a reporter. So he starts doing a little... So I think, does the story start because the person that was the yard man comes to him and starts to tell him the story? Yeah, you know, it's been a, it's been a minute since I've listened yeah. to this one, but it is actually worth I think re-listening to because there's so much there uh and the story is so deep. But yes, I think that's what I think that's what started mm-hmm. the you know, the process. And then Joe was thinking, probably rightfully so, wait, this guy's nuts. This can't be real. Right. Um so then he did some <laughs> then he started doing some research yeah. and he figured out that holy Cow, it the, is the, true. Yeah, the yard man is not the yard man. He owns that house. He owns the house. And has been, you know, relegated to a back bedroom and because his shrink and the wife and kids have taken over his entire house. And his life. And his life. And it is nuts. So here's an interesting story that you know. I was on the train headed to New York to interview Joe Nacera, and I had another interview set up, and you and I were meeting there. Yes. And, but I was going a day early because I had this, I was so excited about this interview. And Joe Nacera uh, got in touch with me and the uh, producer to say he had been told by Bloomberg that he could not talk to me. Now, Wondery didn't care. You know, he just, you know, a lot of times with these big, big organizations, you really have to ask beforehand, can I talk or whatever? So I guess Wondery didn't care. And he probably was just like, no, I'll just grab my briefcase and just head over and do this interview and head back to work. Mm-hmm. But I guess he mentioned it to his person at Bloomberg's like, hold on, you can't do that. So he didn't know that. I mean, he's never done a podcast before. Right. And um, again, just started following a story. Yeah. And so since that, <laughs> since that time, 
I have reached out again and said, okay, now it's been a little bit of time. Can we talk? So, uh, Maybe I'll reach out again after we talk today and see if he'll talk to me. I think that would be amazing. Yeah. He tells a great story. His voice, I thought, was so so much fun to listen to yes. on the microphone. I thought it was... Well, I think when you're telling your own story, and it's funny you said that because last night I was doing a recording and we had a little bit of a communication snafu between... Uh, me and the person I was interviewing and our producer and our engineer, it was like a little, you know, it's too many people involved. So we had a snafu on time. So after the, it was over and I was, you know, apologizing, saying, oh, I'm sorry, we had a snafu on the time, but it worked out great. I hung up and I was talking to our engineer and I was telling her a story about our new dog. And she said, oh, you know, you're, you know, just the, the way you are and you just tell these stories off the cuff. And it's like, it's like you could just go into a bit so quickly. And I said, I'm not doing a bit. I'm literally telling you about this. This is my life. This is a crazy situation with this dog. She thought it was so funny. And so I think that the point is, is that if I'm just telling you about a podcast, I can tell you, but if it's my real life, something that happened to me, you're going to be able to tell it in a funny way. Well, he was just very animated Mm -hmm. and his stories, he clearly is a New Yorker and he brought some of that into the podcast. Yes. Um, Ike. Uh, all of all of the characters in this in this thing were longtime New Yorkers, so I found that really fun. Yeah, um, one of Ike's um, celebrity patients was Courtney Love. Yes, exactly. It's yeah. it's a great it's a great listen, and yeah. I think because of that podcast, um, I was able to like run a ten miler because I just didn't want to stop listening. Listen, and we're not like, here to brag. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to segue into my next one. Okay. And it, I think it, again, segues really well because of... Wait, hold on. Before we yes. segue, we're going to take a break. Okay. Then we'll be right back. Support for this podcast comes from Invent Together. According to studies, less than 13% of all inventors who hold a U.S. patent are women. Black and Hispanic college graduates patent at half the rate of their white counterparts, But we can fix that by increasing participation in innovation and patenting by underrepresented groups. It would quadruple the number of American inventors and increase annual GDP by almost $1 trillion. Invent Together is a coalition of organizations, companies, universities, and concerned citizens committed to ensuring that everyone has the opportunity to invent and patent. Because the more diverse the American patent system gets, the stronger and more successful our nation will become. What can you do to help diverse inventors patent and unleash economic opportunity? Find out at inventtogether.org. Learn more and take action today. Okay, I'm back with Ingrid Sandin, who I just rudely interrupted, but I I wanted to give her her time to chat. So I'm here with Ingrid. We're talking about what we think are the best podcasts of 2019. Okay, go. And we were just talking briefly about the the voice in the microphone of the podcaster and about how Joe Nocera was really fun to listen to. And the next podcast on my list has a very distinctive narrator in Keith Morrison from Dateline. And the podcast is called The Thing About Pam. Yes. Now, I can't tell if I like this story because of the story. Did you not know this story before? I didn't know the story. Oh, I did because I seen it on Dateline. You've watched They've done it on Dateline like yes. three times yes. because there's always an update. Okay. Yes. So but, I, but I still listen to the whole thing as if I'd never heard it. I, yeah. did, <laughs> I didn't know the story, but this is again where a journalist, a journalist, Keith Morrison and his producer, I'm forgetting her name right off the top of my head, but um, sh- there was a personal connection. There was a, at the end, a real weird personal connection to the story. And I think that that drove a lot of the a lot of the narrative here, but he's got such a distinctive voice and he's been telling these kind of crazy true crime stories for so long on Dateline. And, you know, the producers at Dateline know how to report. They know how to gather information. They know how to dig. And the combination of those of those things really made this thing binge worthy for me. I thought it was really fun. And Keith Morrison, now you may not uh, think you know him, but if you Google him and then listen to a video or or some recording of his voice, you will know who I'm talking about. Oh, I think everybody knows. Well, listen, you and I are. I mean, Bill Hader did him on Saturday Night Live. Oh God, that was so great. Did you yeah. see the video of when they met each other? 
Yes. When Bill Hader met Keith Morrison. Yes. He was just like, oh, it was like, you know, meeting for me like Oprah or something. Yeah. Exactly. I loved that story because the way Keith talks like this, or did he, you know? Exactly. And I think now at this point, I think he's playing it It's up. a little bit of a caricature <laughs> of himself, but it really is a great story. Yeah. Um, it's, again, one of these stories of someone's getting away with something. Oh, yeah. And it's murder. And it's Pam. We need to, (laughs) (laughs) and we need to chase this story down. Uh, Every player in the story is a little bit wacky, a little bit off. So you don't know who to believe and you don't know where the story's going, but Keith will get you there. He'll take you there. (laughs) And the episodes are short. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a quick listen if you, you know, or sometimes people say like, oh, I can't, the long form ones, because then I, you know, get out of my car and I'm like, well, you can hit pause, but I get it. You want to listen to the Mm -hmm. whole thing. These are in short bites. And I, um, I loved that one too. And I actually asked the girls, um, date with Dateline. I go, this will be a great crossover. You and I could, the, the three of us could talk about, um, the date with Dateline, think about Pam, Dateline. And they were like, no, we have to do it ourselves. We're so sorry. We're Let's do something else. But they were like, this is too too much for us because, you know, they call Keith their lean king. Oh, yeah. Because he leans on things. Yes. And, you know, Josh Mankiewicz, uh, Manky with a hanky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, they call Lester Holt, um, Lester the Vester, because he always wears a vest. Oh. They are hilarious. And That's so fantastic. I, um, I have gotten to now where I purposely record Dateline so that I can listen to Date with Dateline because mm. they're so, they're so funny. They're yeah. so funny. Check that out. Episode blankety blank from Mary Payne. I don't know which episode it is. Um, okay. Is it my turn? Yes, of course. Go okay. Ahead. It's your podcast. Oh, true. It's always my turn. <laughs> so I was recommended to listen to, someone recommended to me rather to listen to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard. And I thought, now listen, I, I like Dax Shepard. I liked him on Parenthood. I think he's got a very interesting face. <laughs> I do. I think that's why I like him because I like to look at him because I'm like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he's married to Kristen Bell. And I think that's interesting because they seem sort of like polar opposites, like sort of like he's a little wacky and, you know, she seems, you know, kind of pure and sweet. Um, and he talks a lot about her on the podcast. But what is so interesting, and I didn't know any of this about Dak Shepard, is he's had you know, a long journey with um, uh, addiction, yes. like, you know, crack addiction mm-hmm. and uh, alcoholism. And he has such an interesting perspective. And he literally has people to his attic where he set up armchairs, and he's the armchair expert. He gets people to talk about things. And I have to imagine as a celebrity now going on there, you're like, what's going to happen to me here? Like, what, you know, what am I going to have to reveal? And I, I go through and I pick who I'm interested in to listen. And um, even the ones you're not interested in, you're like, whoa. Like, and what I find interesting as well is that so many comedians go on and comedians sometimes just really aren't funny. I agree. And I will give a great example. Kristen Wiig has been on... Uh, the Jerry Seinfeld comedians and cars getting yes. coffee. She's been on Watch What Happens Live. Not funny. A very serious person. So he had on maybe guarded, right? Like, shy. like I'm not here to dance for you. I'm not a monkey, right. right? But somebody like Jim Gaffigan goes on and is funny the whole time. And he had on recently um, Oliver Hudson and Kate Hudson. They were promoting a podcast. Their podcast Their, sure. Of course, everybody's got a podcast. Um, sibling Revelry, which I haven't listened to. But they were great because he used to date Kate Hudson. Mm. So they were kind of like, remember that time? And this is why I hated you. because. And then Dak Shepard will say to, said to Oliver, like, you got in the car and I said something how I was working on a DIY project. And Oliver Hudson corrected him from the back seat and goes, don't you mean DIY, do it yourself? And he was like, immediately, I was like, I hate this guy. And he tells Oliver Hudson, like, I didn't like you. I thought this guy's correcting me. And he goes, but what I've learned is that's my own insecurity of having dyslexia and saying things wrong. And everybody thinks I'm stupid. And here I am dating this girl who's famous and I'm not. And our brother's, you know, getting in the car and he's famous and I'm not. And they're judging me. So it's interesting how the stories that he tells are, he says, I'm a total narcissist. I bring it. It always goes back to me. But he just interviewed T.I., the rapper. Mm -hmm. And he says at the beginning, T.I. recently did another interview where he talked about something controversial. And I'm just going to say, I don't agree with him. 
And I didn't know if I should even air this interview because I was mad about what he said. But I am going to air it. And I called him directly and told him I didn't agree with what he said. But I'm going to air the interview anyway. It was fascinating because, you know, here's Dak Shepard, fully in recovery, talks, literally goes to AA every day, talks about how he wished everybody in the world could go to AA every day because it's, you know, you come out of there feeling better about yourself because everybody is more effed up than you are. Mm-hmm. And T.I. comes in and brings his own tequila because he's like, I know you don't drink, so I'm bringing my own. And T.I. has been in prison, has had his own addiction problems. <laughs> but they talk so much about self-soothing with women. And T.I. talks about in his house, you know, if you know, he saw his uncle buy his grandmother a uh, side-by-side refrigerator with the ice cubes in it. And he was like, that's what I want. I want to be able to buy that for my mom. And that will mean I'm successful. That will mean I'm successful. When it comes through the neighborhood on the truck and everybody sees that I was able to buy that for my mom. Right. So he started selling um, candy. He would get it in bulk, sell it for a higher price. Then he switched to coats. People oh. would uh, leave their coats in the gym locker. Somebody else would get them. He would give them $25, mark it up, go to a different part of town, sell them for 50 So he started doing that. And by the time he was 14, he was like, I'm going to cut out the middleman. I'm just going, you know, right for crack, selling crack. Sure. And then he started figuring out how to go directly to the source and not even go through a middleman for that. And he's talking about literally the margins and the markup. And so Zach Shepard's like, so you're always, he goes, no, I'm always good at math, always good at algebra, always good at English. And he talked about how he wants to reform schools. Like, why do these kids have to learn this stuff about science? They're not good at science. They don't want to learn about science. They're amazing at writing in English. Let's teach them that and teach them a skill that they can use. He was extremely smart. And to hear Dak Shepard talk about how every night for years, he drove through Beverly Hills, drunk off his ass, swerving, hitting cars, never once ever got a DUI. But if he would have been TI, he would have been in jail. Yeah. Because he was a black man. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when they get into that whole conversation, he had an amazing conversation with Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And she, you could tell, was tense at the beginning, but loosened up at the end. And, you know, the way that he gets people to talk and is self-deprecating and brings it back around to like, you can't say anything to me that I would be shocked by. I've been a crack addict, you know, like... And look at me now, I'm married to the girl that's in Frozen. You know, and he like makes jokes like when that Frozen money, you know, goes away, like getting rid of her, you know, he makes jokes. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I I find it, I was hesitant because sometimes things with addiction and stuff, I'm like, I don't want to listen to that. Mm -hmm. Every, every podcast he's done, even if it's the person I'm not interested in, and they're, they're an hour and a half long. That's interesting. That's how I feel uh, often about Howard Stern. When he interviews do, yes. people, mm-hmm. um, he doesn't have a podcast and he notoriously can't stand them. But mm-hmm. um, but we can – I'll bring it back around to Howard in a little bit. But uh, I will tell you my fifth podcast, and it's in no order. And in fact, this might be the number – this might be my number one of the year, and it's called The Dropout. Yep. Hosted – well, hosted, reported by Rebecca Jarvis, uh, who's a great journalist, business business journalist. Anyway, The Dropout is about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. And if you don't know that story, I would suggest watching – there's an HBO documentary that you can watch, and it wraps it up in an hour and a half. Or you can read the book Bad Blood by John Carreyrou, which is really fantastic. I actually read it twice because I I read it the first time too fast, and I didn't absorb all of it. Um, But this particular podcast is – also really great because she digs deep into the story of basically fraud. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and it is criminal because now Elizabeth Holmes is going to be on, uh, you know, stand trial. Right. Um, so explain so she's, in a, in a so, soundbite what she did. Sure. So she's, she's 19. She's at Stanford. She drops out of Stanford, hence the dropout, the name of the podcast, because she's starting a company. And the company is a healthcare technology company where instead of going to the doctor and getting vials and vials of blood removed from your arm, you go and get one pinprick of blood, sort of like when they check your hemoglobin uh, right. to give blood or something. And it, it it's used in this magic cartridge and it can be 
you know, manipulated into all of these different tests to test for STDs or H, you know, various, various things, high cholesterol. There's one drop of blood, one drop of blood, one drop of blood. It's going to tell you all the cancers in your body. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Actually, exactly. And anybody in that field, particularly her, her uh, professors at Stanford, one in one in particular, like this isn't going to work. Right. This doesn't work. It's like you get this one drop of blood and then you stick it in this machine that's as big as like a laptop and boom, 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 bing, all of your all of <laughs> diagnoses the, are right out. Absolutely. D- from DNA, diagno- you know, um, genetic predisposition to breast cancer to do I have HIV, right. like everything in between. Um, and it just wasn't going to work. But it wasn't she, true. she didn't listen. Nobody around her listened. And she went and got money and stocked her board with some of the most powerful people in the world, quite literally. Yep. Um, so, and, and all and, these and people Bernie, believed her. Right. Well, and she's a young woman in tech, and they wanted to believe her. They wanted to believe her. She, she had a great story. God, she's a blonde she woman. See her. Very, she herself is such a weirdo. Very affected, <laughs> very affected speech pattern. Um, very, so it's like, it's, if I'm talking like this and then when I'm talking to the board, I start talking like this, very strange, the way she would change her voice to talk very low. I'm like, what's the point of that? The people are supposed to think that you're more serious because you've changed your voice to a lower pitch. I think that's true. Started wearing black turtlenecks like, um, Steve Jobs, Steve Jobs. And people were saying, you're the next Steve Jobs. Well, I mean, the more you hear that and the more you end up on the front of fortune magazine, and Inc. Magazine and Time Magazine and all of these things, you know, revolutionary healthcare, healthcare for, you know, accessible to all, even on the battlefields. I mean, you're going to start to believe your own sure. PR, right? But it does work. It does work. But mm-hmm. I mean, it didn't work. Anyway, long story, <laughs> lo- extremely long story short, so she, good. she and her, CE, uh, she was the CEO, the president of the company, I can't, whatever their titles were. Uh, they were sleeping together, had a relationship, mm-hmm. didn't disclose it to the board, all kinds of just fraud. And he was like the CFO or something. Yes. Yeah. And he was they were the top much, two. Much, much yeah. older than her. The whole thing is just a big mess. And it just shows you how messed up healthcare and venture capital and the t- and Silicon Valley, all of it, how messed up it is in this country. And when you can burn through $900 million dollars, can you imagine what company, you could actually do with $900 I, can, I can't even d- begin to describe to you how much money that is. I mean, she was poaching employees from Apple and Google, all the all the big ones, you know, major, major players. Had this gorgeous building and everything oh, yeah. was like, everything looked, it's sort of like the, the hashtag Instagram life, right? Like everything yeah. is perfect. Yeah. Looks perfect. All her pictures are perfect with her hair up perfectly and her turtleneck and her holding up the the one vial of blood like mm-hmm. ding with the sunshine going yeah. through it like this you know you get a pinprick it's and magic it's 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 sort of like what my husband says all the time like i wish there was a machine you could go and just stand in it like you do at the airport and you stick your hands up and they go Whoop, and mm-hmm. they scan around you do like that and they'll tell you everything you got you know these are right. the, these are the six things you need to work on but guess what we have a the human body is like yeah. the most complex machine ever yeah. Produced. So and so like it doesn't work like that, even if we want it to work like that. Even if a whole bunch of old white men give you millions and millions and millions of dollars because you have a breakthrough idea, it's not going to work. And it was just at every at every turn, Rebecca Jarvis points out to us, the the listener, who's, you know, I'm not an expert in venture capital or healthcare that's or anything. I'm interested that you read that book twice because it seems mm-hmm. to me it would be very techie or sort of high on the medical jargon. And so I'd like to read it, but it feels a little daunting to me. No, I, I think you give it a give it a chance because again, John Carreyrou is a journalist. So he broke the story in the Wall Street Journal. And, and it then, came from a whistleblower and initially. Inside, yeah. yeah. And I'm not going to tell you who don't, that don't is who because it is. it's actually really juicy. But, sure is. Um, but John Carreyrou is a journalist who broke the story. And so he spent time reporting and then writing this book. And you can tell that he's a writer because he engages you from the first sentence. Okay. And there is a little bit of, you know, there's some there's some uh, terminology and things, processes and things that are maybe confusing, but that's okay. You can get through it. And I would highly recommend if you have time to either listen to the book or or read the book. Okay. I think it would be a great, um, great, you know, preamble to the to the 
podcast or the podcast is a great preamble to the book. Either I, way. I think ABC, because uh, that's who put out the yes. podcast, also did a, like a two-night special they or did, something on yeah. it. So there's lots of ways to hear the story. But if you're a fan of podcasts in just that form, I think that the dropout yeah, it's was, fant- it's fantastic. Yeah. And Rebecca Jarvis is just infinitely interesting and has a great voice too. So, yeah, if you kind of get what she looks like, Elizabeth Holmes looks like, then you to me it's easier. And that's mm-hmm. super easy to find and I think it's it's on the cover. Right? Is is her mm-hmm. face her on the face cover? Her face is on the cover of the podcast yeah. sort of graphics. So, yes. yeah, definitely check that one out. I thought that was one of the best of the year. Well, Ingrid, I have to say, uh, I know you have like give me. I know you have a couple more to give me, and then we're gonna wrap it up. Well, so give me a couple more. Um, I was gonna just mention a couple of episodes specifically of the podcast. Conan O'Brien needs a friend. The only one I've listened to that is when they had she. Well, and I don't know if it's vice versa. Karen and Georgia of my favorite murder. I think were on his. Uh huh. Or they did a crossover. Oh sure. And I loved it. Of course, sure. I mean Karen and Georgia could read the dictionary, and I love it. But I. Uh, And I loved it, but I haven't listened to any since. You're saying I should. Again, um, sort of like you with Dak Shepard, I go to Conan's List and find people that I really, really like and listen to those episodes. And uh, interestingly, Julia Louis-Dreyfus was one of them. Oh, uh And she started off a little bit quiet, guarded, and by the end it was fantastic. Okay. Which I thought was was interesting. Um, Another one of those episodes that I loved was Lin-Manuel Miranda. Well, you, I um, love him. Mm-hmm. And then Howard Stern, when he was promoting his book, Howard went Stern on went on Conan's Conan. podcast. Uh-huh. Did he talk about how much he hates podcasts? He didn't at that particular stage, but how in Howard's book he says Conan was his favorite interview ever. Oh, so that's uh-huh. why Conan came on his show. He went on Conan's um, podcast. Howard was great, and he's he's a great interviewer. He's a great interviewee. So I also liked hearing him on Terry Gross's Fresh Air, which is an NPR show, but they put out mm-hmm. the episodes as podcasts as well. Um, but I don't, I don't ever listen to that either, and I think I should. It's great. I mean, I like interview. I like interview podcasts. I think my sister in law loves um, Terry Gross. Yeah, Terry Gross yeah. is really, really, really great at her job. Um, finally, my favorite podcast of the year this year, last year. And years before is my dad wrote a porno this year. They just finished book five. So if you haven't listened, you can catch up and just make your holidays as jolly as possible. (laughs) And they do a show called Footnotes in between the episodes that comes out. And is that because there's a foot fetish somewhere? There's no, there are celebrities that are in love with this podcast, like I am. So I would suggest listening to the Lynn Manuel Miranda footnotes and the Josh Groban footnotes. Um, I love Josh Groban. Josh Groban is hilarious, just in he general. Is. Yeah, he is. So sometimes I go into my podcast app and just search for people that I really like. Right. And when they've appeared on a podcast, whether I've heard of the podcast or not, I will listen to it. I do that sometimes as well. I, sometimes I'll just, like Karen in Georgia, you know, they'll mention something. I'll go look that they mm-hmm. said they were on a podcast. It's a podcast I never would have heard of. But mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll listen to that. Right. All right, doggy. Um all right. Do you have anything else? Well, on my list for the holidays listening holidays. is Dolly Parton's America. Yeah. Because I love Dolly Parton and I've heard nothing but great things about this podcast. It's so, on my list too. So I'm very excited to listen to it. And I just think she's a great lady. So we can listen together, not together physically, <laughs> okay. but, but um, uh, we can listen together and then we can uh, do some reporting on it. Perfect. I've also reached out to the guy that's doing that podcast. Listen, guys, I do a lot of reaching out 24-7. She's constantly reaching. Yes, constantly <laughs> reaching. And I, you know, I want to touch on something you said earlier about the 22 hours, because you were talking about how they, they sort of honored the, the people that died. And I've talked to two podcasters in the last week, Trace Evidence and um, The Minds of Madness, who both uh, really stress the importance of honoring the victims and not, you know, making it like, oh my gosh, this guy was so great. And he was on the run for 10 days and then he shot three cops. Like not not sort of fantasizing about the, you know, the person who did the crime. Right. Or, you know, so making them a celebrity of some sort when you forget about the victims. I think that's. And I think that was the problem that my boss had was he was thinking in his mind, like, oh, this is like, like, like everybody thinks like Ted Bundy or whatever. But I was trying to, I said, I said, from everything I've heard, it's been very respectful. So I think sometimes with true crime stuff, you have to 
there are some podcasts that I don't listen to because it's too gory or too, we're not talking about the, the people that died as much as like, I want to know what happened. I want to know the story and I want right. to know the backstory of why it happened. And I don't necessarily need to know any like disgusting details. And I don't necessarily need to know too much about the person now. Like if they're in prison, I don't care. Like, you know, I'd rather know the outcome that they got justice or whatever. When that's the story, absolutely. But yeah. in Ear Hustle, for instance, yeah. you're there for the story about that person. And you're not there really for the story about the crime. Right. And, and that's the whole thing too, the opposite. If I mm-hmm. if I knew, if, if this person I knew murdered three people, I'm probably like, I really don't want to. I don't want to listen to this. Yeah, I don't want to listen. Right. It just reminds us that people journalists, podcast um, topics, all of that, we're all multifaceted. Sure. And so it's really kind of an interesting thing. And especially interesting to listen mm-hmm. as opposed to watch a documentary or, or a series. Uh, I do that too. But but listening is, I think, particularly interesting. I agree. That's why we love podcasts. Absolutely. All right. Well, I've been here with Ingrid for the best podcast of 2019. And I guess this is going to be our thing now. I guess we're going to do it every Yay, year. So now, two years in a row, does that make it an annual event? It does now. Second right. annual. Mm-hmm. Second annual. First annual would not make sense. No. it would just be the first. You would call it inaugural. So this is why I have Ingrid as a friend because she's smart and she knows big words. <laughs> um, so tell people where they can find you if they're looking for you on social media and they want to just like see what you're up to. Oh, interesting. Well, I guess you can find me on Instagram mm-hmm. at Ingrid on strings. It's because you play the violin. I play the violin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So just find me there. And you might have some things to announce coming up. I may have some things to announce. Um, stay tuned to, yeah, my Instagram and my Twitter, Ingrid in DC. And we will keep you posted there about new, interesting things. That new ventures coming your way. Exactly. All right. Thanks very much. And thanks for uh, coming out to my house on this uh, school-delayed snow day, which there's no snow. Thanks, Mary <laughs> Bye. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening this week and this year. What a great year it's been for Pain in the Pod. I celebrated over one year of episodes and over 50 episodes. Super exciting for me. And the way to keep getting the word out about my podcast is to click that five stars and leave a review. Also, you can go to patreon.com slash pain in the pod and you can get some bonus content. I loved ending my year chatting with my friend Ingrid. We always have a great time and we talk about podcasts in real life all the time, just like you heard here. So I won't have an episode out for uh, Christmas week, but uh, new episodes coming after that. So thanks and I hope you enjoy your holidays.